Hey, what's up, guys? This is your girl, Coco, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Kiki and with Coco. If you are new to the show, let me tell you a little bit about it. It's about life in general with an emphasis on relationships. I have my friends, family, guests come on the show and we kiki about whatever the topic is. And today I have with me a life coach. She is a coach in many aspects, but Miss Patricia, you want to go ahead and say what's up and just let the people know a little bit about you? Yes. Hello, everyone. It is such a joy to be with another young lady doing great things in today's society, um, owning her own lane. My name is Dr. Patricia Shaw, and I am the founder of Women of Excellence Outreach Services. That is a nonprofit um, here in my city, but we have a national reach. Um, I do, I'm the director of services at the uh, nonprofit where we serve women and teenage girls. Um, we really focus on life skills and a lot of things concerning um, women ages 18 to 49. I am also the founder of a for-profit business, uh, Woman Up Enterprises. And uh, <laughs> I wrote a book about in 2015 and because of that book, uh, I gained a lot of attention focused around soul ties. And um, that is something that people invite me uh, to speak on the topic of soul ties. And from there, I became a uh, certified uh, life coach that transitioned into relationship coaching. And so I coach women who have uh most, I'd say 85% of my clientele are women who have gone through some type of uh, trauma or toxic relationship, and now they are seeking to do it a better way. And um, yes, <laughs> I, don't, I can say more, but I guess I'll stop there. So we can definitely get into more of that once we get into the hot cup of cocoa. But so this week we don't have a drink with cocoa. Dr. Patricia does not drink and that's fine. We don't have to drink all the time, y'all. So, <laughs> but you know, we appreciate her for being on the show today. And so we'll get into the word on the street. So word on the street this week, I wanted to kind of talk about the BET Presents Encore, which is basically a TV show on BET, which highlights or brings back together, or not back together, because these weren't ever girls in a group together, but girl groups, Black girl groups from the early 2000s, late 90s, um, they kind of all come together in this house and they build, they're building a new girl group. Um, throughout the season, because they do eventually pre present an album, but all the girls don't make it in the group. I think they end up with four, which end up being um, Shamari Moore from Black. She was also on the Atlanta Housewives for a couple seasons. Then we had um, two girls from Cherish, if you guys remember them, and then Keely Williams from 3LW. They had Pamela Long from, um, what is the name of that group? Uh, Pamela Long from, I'm gonna come back to what group she was from. They had two girls from 702. I don't know why I can't think of their name. <laughs> um, two girls from 702 and Nivea. She was a solo artist when she was out in the early 2000s. But I guess the reason I really wanted to bring this up was because um, Nivea, so I got a chance to watch, like you don't get too much into the personal lives on the actual show, but I did see the Speak On It interview that she did with Candy Burris on YouTube, and it just brought up a lot of things or trauma that she experienced in her life that I don't think a lot of us, maybe some of us have been through these things, maybe some of us has, have not, but, you know, we frown upon R. Kelly for 
his role in being like a pedophile to young girls trying to get into the industry. And the most well-known case was him and Aaliyah being together. But during the interview, she mentioned that whoever her manager was at the time, he was at least 20 something years old and she met him when she was like 14. She ran away from home at one point. She was living with this man. And of course they were carrying on a relationship with each other as well. But it just made me like just think or reflect like a lot of these girls enter the industry at a very young age. And there are men that are preying on these girls during this time, you know, during that time, you know, and a lot of girls are like, I'm trying to get famous. I'm trying to get famous. And, you know, just being young, they don't know no better. They feeling like, oh, I got me an older man, you know, those types of things and not really realizing like what is going on is wrong. So, um, you know, what are your, your thoughts on just that little bit of background that I just gave? Wow, that is just so um, terrible. And I do, I don't watch that particular show, but I have, I'm very familiar with um, all of the, the episodes around, uh, I can't even think of the guy you just, R. Kelly. R. Kelly. And so mm -hmm, a lot of times um, when young women are trying to escape toxic environments, they end up in another toxic situation because really they don't know what's going on. And so when you leave home and uh, it's sad that, you know, she had to experience this at 14, um, there are women even older that experience trauma relationships. And so she was hoping she wanted fame. And a lot of times that is what, uh, when we step out into something without a full understanding of what we're stepping into, then we get um, devoured. And mm -hmm. so when it comes to a relationship, you want to be in a relationship with the man who will P-R-A-Y for you and with you. And the A is adore you. You do not want to be in a relationship with the man who will P-R-E-Y eat you up mm. and spit you out. And yeah. that's what it seems like happened to this young lady. And so it seems that she has not been um, healed from the trauma that happened to her in her uh, teenage years. Mm. And when we aren't healed from things that happened to us uh, growing up and um, it shows up, it shows up. And, and the sad thing is, it keeps showing up until we are healed. Yeah. And so she went on after she, like this relationship carried on from the time she was like 14 up until she was 21. And the only reason I think she ended up breaking away from this individual was because she ended up getting with Lil Wayne at the time. And, um, she, she speaks very highly of that relationship, but then goes on to say that um, pretty much the, I guess his wife Toya, his ex-wife Toya, he ended up getting back with the ex-wife Toya at that time and they got married. And then basically just kind of booted her out his house, like bought her, got her a condo or something, pay her rent um, for maybe like a year. And she didn't even know like he was married or they had gotten back together. And I thought that was just crazy because later on, like a few years later, after she gets married and divorced and she was married to the dream and had three kids with him. After they divorced, she ended up like getting back with Wayne and then having a kid with him. And it's just like, it, it made me feel like this tie definitely mm -hmm. tied into having like a soul tie. Yes. With that individual and kind of like a wanting to be saved type deal. Like her manager <laughs> saved her, like got her fame. Um, then she gets with Wayne and he kind of saved her from that situation. And then after her divorce, like going back and him saving her from that situation again. 
Um, so it was kind of like, like, like I said, a soul tie, kind of mm-hmm. like feeling like I know this man is going to save me. And yeah. maybe not even thinking of it in that sense at the time, just thinking like, oh, this is somebody I dealt with before. I mm-hmm. loved him before. Like, he'll make sure I'm good, you know, but in actuality, like looking for a savior. And, you know, that is so true because as you were telling the story, I it dropped in my head. Oh, yeah, that's a soul tie. And see, a lot of people are unfamiliar. Um they think, see, the word soul tie is not in black and white in the Bible. But when the purpose of marriage is for two people to become one. Mm-hmm. And when you commit yourself physically to a man, you are becoming one with this person. And so she became one with the man. And then I'm talking about the the first guy. (laughs) They became one, whether they were married or not, because they were having sex. They were having physical relations. And see, many people don't know that when you have sex with somebody, your brain emits these hormones, oxytocin. And if it's good, (laughs) your brain sends a signal to remind you of that. So- She, see, um, because we are spiritual beings, we attract in the spirit. And it was a soul tie that she connected with the first guy, whether they were married or not, because they had joined together physically. And so even though, and I, I would be almost willing to say that that marriage to the other guy Mm -hmm. that she had the three children with was toxic was was filled with toxic um and i would say that because in order for you to be married to somebody divorce them and then go back to the person you left that means you never got that person off your mind right and see our mind is a powerful thing Mm. It brings up memories. It holds the memories. And I mean, it it will hold those memories. And we can relate when the sex is good. We, a lot of times we relate the good sex, even though the person was terrible to us. Yeah. So um, that's, (laughs) that is definitely a soul tie. Yes. And so it, like, as I was listening to her story, it just, really saddened me and the question did come up like had she gone to therapy and she said she kind of like dipped in and dipped out of it but never like took it seriously and it just made me think like there are so many people you know afraid to talk about what it is that they have been through and they do carry these traumas with Mm -hmm. them throughout their relationships and you know she like it was just a lot of stuff she was saying like she ended up using drugs and you know feeling like she was not the best parent to her children that she could be um and she's like even though her children are very privileged because the two guys she has children with are very wealthy men she's like they've still been through a lot and more so because of her and the things that she's been battling throughout her life um and I don't think often enough, we we think once we're out of a situation, we like, we're over it. You know, it is what it is. Like, I can move on with my life. But if you never deal with that stuff, it's stuff that you carry with you. And, and it comes out in ways that you don't necessarily think it will. Yes. And the thing about um, trauma is it shows up in different ways. Mm-hmm. So... Some people can feel like, as you said, just because I'm away from this man, now my life is going to be different. It's going to be better. But you, we have to remember, we carry us everywhere we go. We yeah. carry the hurts, the pain, everything that has happened to us, we carry that everywhere we go. And so our those traumas that we don't deal with, they show up in ways that um, sometimes we wouldn't think they would show up. I, I sometimes I dread going to Walmart 
and I meet some, I see some young woman with little children, mm -hmm. like I did one day last week, walking into Walmart. These little kids are all probably under six, and it was three of them. And the mother, she was cursing these little children out. I mean, to me, that's toxic. And yes. so these children who cannot defend themselves have to deal with the person who's supposed to be protecting them. Mm -hmm. She's not protecting them. And so this woman, whatever she has dealt with is showing up in a way that now, because this pain has gone undealt with and unrecognized, so now I'm going to lash out at people who can't uh, defend themselves. Mm -hmm. And like you said, with the lady who, um, this young woman, she admitted that she uh, may not have been the best mother that she could have been to her children mm -hmm. because trauma, it keeps on showing up. That's why we, it, it, we have to go to, maybe not to therapy, but sit down and talk to somebody. As mm -hmm. a uh, life coach, there are, I don't give advice. And that's the thing of a great life coach. We do not give advice. We help our clients what I do. I help my clients discover a path that they've never discovered before. And on this path, then it allows them to recognize things that maybe they didn't see when they were in this toxic relationship. And so now that they've discovered a different path, they can go a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know what, I'm not even going to get into the other topic that I have, because I think this is just a great segue into, you know, soul ties in itself. So, you know, now we want to move over into the hot cup of cocoa. Mm -hmm. So, if you guys haven't noticed, this week's conversation is about soul ties. And Dr. Patricia, um, if you could just go ahead and just let them know like how your practice of life coaching relationship, like how did you get into it? And, you know, just the overall things that you see, you know, as a life coach. Yes. So so in 2015, I got into coaching. I'm going to tell you, I went back to college um, in the year of 2010. Our oldest uh, and last, our son um, graduated from high school. And I was like, okay, Lord, um, what is it for me to do now? Because <laughs> I didn't really like the job. I, I kind of liked it, but I knew that it was time for me to do something different. Mm -hmm. So our daughter, she was at college and I'm sitting down and I'm like, okay, Lord, did you forget about me? I know there's more for me to do than just be a wife and a mother. Yeah. Okay. This 2010. So I went to, went to college online and in the class, the instructor, one of my instructors, she said, um, Patricia, have you ever thought about writing? You have such a flair with writing. I was like, no, <laughs> I've never <laughs> thought about writing. Well, one day I'm sitting at home. This was in um, 2014. I was having a conversation with my daughter and they know mom and dad as the go-getters we are. They know us, you know, they don't, they, at that time, they didn't really know our backstory as far as relationships. Mm -hmm. um, well, mine particularly, I say. And so <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting at my kitchen table one day and I heard the spirit say, write your book, tell your story. Mm -hmm. And so I sat down and I kid you not, in eight hours, I wrote Soul Ties, Unchained My Heart in eight hours. It, it was a part one and two. And so the first part, I wrote it in eight hours, this part. The mm -hmm. second part, I waited six months to write the second part, but now I've combined the books into one. Okay. And um, in doing so, I was able to 
It was really just to help my daughter understand that there's life after divorce. Yeah. And in writing the book, it has helped so many women understand that there really is life after trauma. There's life after divorce. There's life after um, being in an uncommitted relationship. And so that happened. I wrote that book in 2015. And from then and now, all I hear is about soul time. <laughs> Uh, and so that's how I came about becoming, okay, and as far as becoming a life and relationship coach, I know, I knew when I graduated, I was not going to go back and work for anybody else. Mm -hmm. And so I saw something that uh, piqued my interest on life coaching. And I went to this um, organization and I got certified through them. And then uh, I just could not leave relationships because women just kept from my book. They found my email address and just daily, I was bombarded with emails from women about relationships. So I said, okay, I think I need to go ahead and <laughs> get some training in the relationship coaching. And so that's what brought me to relationship coaching. <laughs> nice. I, I think it's it always comes full circle. Like mm -hmm. you feel like you doing something just for, you know, your growth or someone you know, and then it turns out like your labor of love is helping so many other people. Yes. That is so true. Yes. Yeah, so I think that that is like definitely a good you know, story into how you got into um, life coaching. And I definitely want to read your book. So I'll be grabbing that. And for you guys listening, if y'all are interested, grab the book as well. And so now that we know like what, what your background is, tell us what a soul tie is. Okay. A soul tie, uh, and I mentioned it earlier, if you go and peruse the Bible, you will not find the words together, soul tie. Mm -hmm. But the Bible speaks that uh, when a man and a woman come together, they are becoming one. And so in the physical aspect of it, there, there are different soul ties. The purpose of marriage is for a husband and a wife to become one. Mm -hmm. Now, because um, a lot of times we don't do it God's way. And I speak from my own experience. When I was, uh, before I met and married my husband, I was in an ungodly soul tie. <laughs> it was with someone I was not married to. Mm -hmm. And so when you have sex with someone, remember we're, we're body, soul, and spirit. Three part beings, body, soul, and spirit. The body serves the soul, the soul serves the spirit, and the spirit serves God. Now, our mind, three parts to our soul, the mind, which is our thoughts, the emotions, our behavior, and then our will, the choices we make. So when you are engaged in a physical relationship with someone, and first, I want to say it, it starts emotionally. Mm -hmm. We can get, as women, we can get so emotionally connected to a man just by conversation because we hear it, it's what we hear. Right. A lot of times that's how we lose focus on actions because we are hearing the words that he's saying and not paying attention to the actions. Mm -hmm. So it's more, it, it's better for us to hear <laughs> so that we can truly understand what versus uh, paying attention to, to the lips, I guess I want to say. Yeah. So it starts with our emotions. We are drawn into him by what he says, and we're not protecting our heart. We are not guarding our mind, those thoughts. And as women, a lot of times, we can be with the man maybe six months, and, and we already thinking about marriage. 
And, and that may not even be something on his mind right. because of the conversations that we've had. Mm -hmm. We are leading ourselves down this path because we are emotional creatures. So with us, it starts emotionally mm -hmm. and then it may go physically, even if that's not what we want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, talking to a young lady uh just this week and she got into a physical relationship with this young man and she's like it just happened i said no those things do not just happen uh i could just happen to trip <laughs> walking out my door but uh sex is something that is planned now you may not have because she was like, uh, well, we were just chilling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you may have been just chilling, but he had something else on, my, on his mind. So with us, it starts emotionally, the thoughts that run through our, our head. Mm -hmm. Next, it leads physically. So we're, we're joining with him emotionally. And especially when you uh, talk to the person every day. Mm -hmm. You know, so back in the day when I was in this ungodly soul tie, we didn't have cell phones. So I had to go to his home to see him physically. Yeah. And it was uh, in my book. <laughs> I'm reading. I'm going to tell you how it started. <laughs> so I said, how did I get here? Why can't I shake this man? He treats me like less than a person, but I keep going back to him. These are the words I repeated in my head for the course of our relationship. What started as a childlike love affair ended as a tumultuous tornado. It was the fall of 89, my junior year of college. Uh, the boys basketball team was playing our rival school. It was a typical Friday night filled with fun and adventure, but I knew something was different about this Friday. I could just feel it in the atmosphere. I had on my favorite pair of Levi jeans, a red top, and my brown penny loafers. <laughs> I always dressed to impress, but I was in rare form that Friday night. The Friday that that would forever be embedded in my head. The Friday that made me wish I was dead. Mm. With so much excitement in the air, you wouldn't think I'd have noticed this stranger staring at me, but I was hypnotized, nearly mesmerized by his golden brown eyes. So it started with just uh, a physical look and from the look, it went to the conversation. From the conversation, it went further to the physical part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that song, just one look is all it took. <laughs> That's usually how it happens with that physical attraction. And so with the physical attraction, then we begin to talk to one another and we become emotionally connected, creating a soul tie. That's why it's not good for us to hold long conversations with men because even though we uh, are dating for data, but uh, you can date with a purpose. And that's what I like to say, with a purpose. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to go on six dates to know if this is the per person for you. A lot of times we go on date after date after date, months after months after months, and still there's no sign that this is the person for me. And is he right for me? Am I right for him? Yeah. So we, we create these soul ties, hoping and believing and thinking that one day this man is going to marry me. And so a lot of times it ends out, ends up five years down the road and it's still an uncommitted relationship. Right. Mm. I know women and in my life coaching, uh, there have been women that I've coached 
who were in relationships for 10 and 20 years and they never married the person, had children, created families, but they never got married. Yeah. And so those soul ties, those bonds that we create, those memories stay with us. They linger for right. attention. And until that's why it's so important that when we date, we date with a vision. What do I want out of this relationship? What do I want out of a marriage? Mm. It's not just about getting the ring. If we don't have a vision, we will continue walking with blinders on. Right. Mm. Well, you kind of already answered the question, like whether this is a religious thing or if it's a, um, you know, a religious thing and where it kind of comes from. So what are some some signs of a soul tie? Like how can people in situations realize like, oh, this this situation isn't may not be right for me? Okay. Uh some signs that it's a soul tie. One is um, he's really just, it's, it's physical. The relationship is completely physical. And after the sex, you go back to the toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some people, they can get along as long as they are between the sheets. Yes. Once they leave and separate from being in between the sheets, they go back to <laughs> the toxic. <laughs> in the relationship so one sign that it's um you're creating an ungodly soul tie um i want to say is it's just sex it's just sex Mm -hmm. so he wants that's all he wants is sex he doesn't want to get to know you um it's just a wham bam thank you man another way you can realize that it, it's leading down the path of being a soul tie is um, you become obsessed with having to see him, having to talk to him. And this is with a man that you're not married to. So you are obsessed with wanting to talk to him, wanting to see him. And all you do is think about him when you're at work. If if you are leading towards um, an engagement, that's fine. But to have met somebody and in three weeks, you are already just head over heels. That's going down uh, uh, the road to destruction. Mm, Okay. So in situations where relationships are lasting for for years and you creating families with no no actual real commitment as far as like marriage in the play um is that still considered a soul tie that's just never been broken yes yes it because see that's the thing soul ties are are meant for husbands and wives i have a a godly soul tie with my husband so Mm -hmm. We are one. I can sit down some days when he's at work and think about, I wonder what he's doing. And within five minutes, he calls me because we created a spiritual bond, not just a physical and emotional bond, but a spiritual bond. So Mm -hmm. the people who stay in these uncommitted relationships, they are soul ties. But they're ungodly because we have to remember that uh, sex is for the marriage bed. And that may seem, you know, old school <laughs> or out of, out of date, I say, but it's still true. Sex is was purposed and designed for the marriage bed. But in the society that we live in, there are so many people who ha- they call it the hookup culture. So. Mm-hmm women think that they can hook up with men and there be no ties, but there is a a spiritual connection. Even if you only sleep with him two or three times, there's something in your mind that is going to rewind that thought about that man. Yeah, definitely. And so (laughs) 
And and I I can um, definitely relate to being in a soul tie um, in previous relationships. And I've even had people tell me like, it's some similarities between these people. And I just be like, they're totally different people. In in actuality, it probably is something about that person that, Mm -hmm. that drew me into him that was something maybe I saw in somebody else. Um, And so I think we all can relate to that. So pretty much if you're not married and you're carrying on a relationship with someone, you have created a soul tie. Yes. Person. And and I want to say something too. Soul ties are so deep. Uh, This young lady I coached, she was in a relationship with this man. um, And, and, this was me too. Mm-hmm. Now I hated. I said I would never date somebody that smoked. But the, this man, he smoked, and it got to the point where I didn't even. It didn't matter. It didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. And so this young lady that I coached a while back, uh, she got into this relationship with this man, and he was doing drugs. And do you know, she started doing drugs because that's how deep soul ties go into the spiritual realm because Mm -hmm. we're spiritual beings. She didn't understand how she ended up doing drugs. But when we got down to it, she she recognized where it started. Yeah. Mm. That I think that is so scary, but it's so real. You know, yes. somebody would enter, like, begin doing drugs just because. And so, even Nivea, when she um got into drugs, like her parents were both addicts, mm-hmm. and eventually they did get off drugs or whatever. But when her mother passed away, she said she remembered because she asked, like, how did you get into drugs? And she said her mother when her mother passed away because they were very close she just said I'm doing cocaine today and it was just like what like who just out of nowhere just says I'm gonna do cocaine today and Mm -hmm. I mean of course I feel like that and it's that feeling to want to do drugs came from maybe her relationship with her parents but it does show like soul ties don't have to necessarily just be with people that you're in sexual relationships with, but they right. can also yes. come from uh, people that are in your life in general. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, have you dealt with people who've had soul ties outside of like, I guess, romantic relationships? Yes. Um Another thing the Bible speaks of is strongholds. Mm -hmm. So what you were just referring to, that's a stronghold and a generational curse. So when it comes to the soul tie, that is just strictly with a a sexual relationship. Okay. Uh, What you're referring to is a stronghold. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's something that is passed on from generation to generation. This young lady, because her, you said that her parents ended up uh, getting off of drugs. Yeah. So that spirit, and I keep having to go back to we're spiritual beings, Mm -hmm. body, soul, spirit. Mm -hmm. So we have to be careful what we allow our children to see coming up because those spirits when they are unrested they want to go and find rest in another home another physical body so Mm. those spirits that were lingering in her parents home found rest in her home her body her physical body So remember, we have to guard our hearts, our mind. And as parents, we have to be careful about what we allow our children to witness in in our presence and outside of our presence. Uh, Not only um, you, you talked about this young lady and the drugs. I know people who, when it comes to um, sex, 
this parent had a child at 15. Mm-hmm. Then the grand, so the grandmother had a child at 15. The mother had a child at 15. The daughter had a child at 15. So mm-hmm. it goes on down through the generation. Yes. Those are strongholds that have not been broken off of the family. or And some people call them the generational curses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely um, agree that spirits um, have a way from jumping from person to yes. person. Transfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> mother's body was being laid to rest. That spirit needed somewhere else to, to find, to to lay and so it lay with her um, mm-hmm. which I think is unfortunate but you do bring up a good point that as parents I'm not a parent but one day I will be and I definitely um, think that as parents we have to be mindful of the the things we introduce our children to the people we bring around our children because yes. Just like you said, spirits need to find new places, you know, mm-hmm. and that's not a spirit like drugs or abuse or things like that. Like, that's not something you want your children to find themselves um, a spirit. You want your children to pick up. Yes. And Crystal, back in the day, parents used to say you become the company you keep. Mm-hmm. So if you are keeping company with people who lie what's going to happen? You're going to start lying. If you keep company with people who uh, commit adultery, Mm -hmm. you're going to start committing adultery because what we turn a deaf ear to and a blinded eye to, we think, you know, well, it's not me, but you keep company with these types of people. So eventually you will start doing it. So Mm -hmm. yes, (laughs) It's important. Yes, definitely. I I definitely agree with, you know, you are the company that you keep. Uh, I was, I grew up around my grandmother. So a lot of those like back in the day type ideals, I was raised with those types of types of things. And of course, as you grow older, you kind of like stray away from the things that you grew up with. But, you know, as you gain experience and then it's just like, oh, I know why Big Mama was saying that before. Yeah. You know, yes. and, and then you find yourself going back to those things that you were raised on. Um, and it's like it's mind boggling how Mm -hmm. you know you could learn something as a child and not understand what that means yes yes experience something in life and then be like oh now I know what that means Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you you know what crystal uh you said somebody had told you that uh there's something similar about the men Mm -hmm. the bible speaks of familiar spirits yes (laughs) And so we attract what's familiar to us. The only way we will start attracting something different is that we build, uh, become a different person on the inside. When we become a different person on the inside, then we start attracting different people to us. Mm -hmm. Yes. So with with all of this (laughs) that we kind of just covered, how how exactly can you break a soul tie? Okay. Uh, what I did through prayer, I'll say, um, really being delivered. So I have this journal that I walk women through. Mm-hmm. Uh, face it. F, face it. R, recognize it. E, I think is embrace it, <laughs> embrace that it happened. Yes. Um, I can't think of the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but I have a journal that I walk the ladies through. And uh, the definition is, is seven steps and it's called freedom. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that has to be done is to face it, mm-hmm. really, to face that I do. I have a soul tie with this person. I just cannot get this man off of my mind. He's he didn't got married and went on with his life. And here I am stuck. Why am I still thinking about this man? Girl, you God, I know at one point. 
<laughs> I know you have somebody else for me because he won't allow something to leave our lives without giving us something better. And I yes. am a living witness. My husband is a hundred times better <laughs> than that man I had a soul tied with. Yes. So the first thing to do really is to face it. Face it. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I definitely agree. I feel like um you know, there there was a, re a relationship I was in. It, I was in my early 20s when I had this relationship, but we were, it was a very, it wasn't, it was toxic. It was a toxic mm -hmm. relationship. And for years, like, we just had this back and forth thing. And even when I found out he was married, I was like, okay, this is it. Like, he done got married on me, like, this is the last straw. But then afterwards, like we were never together physically again, mm -hmm. but there was definitely a part of me that could not let him go because mm -hmm. I just, I was just like, he all I know, you know, and it, it literally took me like having to tell myself, like, if this man wanted you, mm -hmm. he, would marry, he would have married you and not yeah. And I really had to face that situation. Like, yes, we had something, but that don't mean we was meant to be together. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and that is so true. Uh, facing it seems to be the most difficult part. When we can face that the situation has happened, it's over, then once we face it, the next steps are, are really... Um, they become easier, but mm -hmm. facing it seems to be the most difficult part for the ladies that I work with. And it is just facing it, um, admitting it's yeah. time for me to move on. <laughs> yes. yes, that's basically what I had to tell myself. Like it is time to, to keep it pushing. Like this no longer <laughs> serves you. Yes. So I know you mentioned like, God wouldn't take something from you without bringing something better to your life. So how long after you, you ended your soul tie with that individual, was it that you met your husband? Okay. I, um, I want to say God allows things to happen. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't necessarily take the things from us, but he allows things that he knows are not going to benefit us mm. to leave our life. So mm. he knew this young man was not going to benefit my life. So he allowed him to, I mean, you talking about a serial cheater. <laughs> That's what he was. And mm -hmm. see, um, he had began, remember I said he started smoking. Yeah. The smoking led to marijuana. The mm. marijuana led to hard drugs. Mm. I was at a party with him and he asked me to snort some cocaine. I ain't never yeah. get alone smoked a cigarette yeah. and, and you want me to smoke a line, a snort a line of cocaine. So God knew this man was not going to benefit where my destiny, I'll say. He right. knew he was not going to benefit my destiny. So he allowed him to continuously cheat on me. And so I was like, okay, enough is enough. That's it. <laughs> and it was two years later that I met my husband. Mm, and the thing about uh, with him, I because I was like, okay, I'm not getting tied up in no, another relationship. I want to tell somebody. Uh, I need to let him meet some people that I, you know, my pastor's wife and one of my aunties. I yes. was like, I need him to meet them so they can tell me what they think. And if, what they say is if they tell me to let him loose, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I definitely agree that God allows things to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, when people hear that I've been divorced, they be like, I'm so sorry to hear that. And like moving past that situation, 
I'm like, it's something I had to go through. Yes. It, it's, it's a part of my journey. I think mm-hmm. at the time, I just wanted to be married, married, married. Yes. Married, and it wasn't what it was supposed to be. And mm-hmm. I, like, even though we would go to church together, we prayed together, you know, all of these things, I still think that it was something I had to go through. I think okay. it was God's way of telling me, like, you need to slow down. You know what I'm saying? Things happen in my time. So he allowed me to go ahead and go through with this marriage. <laughs> yeah. And and all the heartache that came along with it. But like I said, I think it was meant for me to go through that so that when my time came, I would be more appreciative of the journey. Mm-hmm. That the person that I am destined to be with would, would come into my life and things would go the way they were supposed to go naturally and not forced. Yes. Because and, and anybody that know me, all my friends be like, girl, you got control issues. And so, <laughs> so you know, just to because I do believe the man is meant to be the head of the household and, you know, all of that, like whoever he is. I will understand like this, this is a we thing, not a me thing, you know? Um, So I I am appreciative of the journey that I've had thus far, you know, and I'm looking forward to what my journey is going to be. But I do agree that, you know, God allows things to happen in our lives for a reason. Yes. And Crystal, I am so glad that you brought that up about um, you wanting to just be married because um, part of our will with our soul, we have a will. And with that will, we God gives us um, free will to make choices. Yes. So we choose things. And a lot of times we'll say, well, that was God. No, sometimes it's us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was saying that because in my book that I have coming out, um, turn your love around a relationship blueprint for wounded hearts. I talk about um, how when we are not prepared for the thing that God has for us, we'll mess it up. Mm-hmm. So I, before I got married, I had two mentors and these women I would say groomed and helped me prepare for marriage. Yes. A lot of times when we aren't prepared, then we will mess up the thing. And so it's good. Marriage is honorable and it's great. We all have a purpose partner who is designed to walk through life with us. But a lot of times when we do it our way, in our will, (laughs) our will, (laughs) then it's on us. And, and but the thing about it though, even sometimes when we do it our way and in our will, God will help us to get it right. <laughs> yeah, he <sure> will. <laughs> I definitely say I'm grateful that yes. that I didn't end up with the person I was married to, just because and not that he was a bad person or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just I know now like we weren't meant to be with each other. Mm-hmm. And it, it, we just had a lot of different, I saw somebody post like, don't marry somebody but because of how they look, but for how they think. Because if you marry them for their looks and you get married and then y'all don't think the same, like you're going to find yourselves divorced. And yes. that, that was definitely the issue. Like we just didn't think the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not going to think the same as the person that you with. But you have to understand compromise. Exactly. I don't think either of us understood what compromise meant. Because I would come up with compromises and he would be like, no. And it'd just be like, well, how are we supposed to come to an agreement if we can't compromise on it? But Mm -hmm. in actuality, the compromise was just to satisfy what I want. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It was like, I'm still going to get what I want, but this is just going to come, maybe help you understand it better, but I'm still going to get what I want. (laughs) Yes. So um, I definitely agree that 
you know, we do encounter soul ties in our lives. And if we don't break that cycle, you know, the strongholds and the the um, soul ties, like, we'll continue doing the same things over and over again. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. And somebody has to recognize that with these, uh, the generational curses, I, I say, uh, and the thing about it, when someone that's the generational curse, that person gets the, the, what I call the fight of their life. Because anytime you stand up to break a cycle that has been going on in a family for generations, mm-hmm. it really takes some mental strength. And, it's, and when it comes to sex, oh my goodness, <laughs> it takes a lot, a lot. It but does. we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I I appreciate this conversation so much. Um, I definitely think that people in my generation need to hear things like this, just because a lot of us don't have guidelines to how we should operate through life, or maybe we saw our parents were married, but they didn't tell us how to stay married or you know, things like that. And so I think it's important to, to have these conversations, to allow people to, to learn and, and to try and help break those generational curses. Yes. So, you know, do you have any last words that you'd like to say? I, I, I do. Um, thank you for even uh, sharing your story, because the thing about it, we have to own our stories. And mm-hmm. I believe that's why God allowed me to sit down and draft that book. I thought I was sharing for my daughter's sake mm-hmm. and come to find out it was so many women who needed to hear that message. And the thing about it, it it's not where you start that mm-hmm. matters, it's how you end and not repeating, going through the evolving. So we want to evolve and not revolve. Right. Right. And again, I I thank you for coming on the show. It was definitely a great conversation, you know, expanded on what I already knew about soul ties. And I just hope that everybody gained something from this conversation, just because, like I said, I think it's important that we do learn these things um, as we move into our relationships with others and, and understanding, like, examining how we grew up and a lot of times I don't think we take into account how we grew up it's kind of just like you know I've seen my parents together and they loved each other but we don't understand the strife and the trials and tribulations that they may have had to encounter throughout their life and sometimes outside of the person that is our other parent you know um so and I think that was a you know a great thing that you did for your daughter you know, trying to help her see like, you know, I had a life before your father and I got together. And this is something that I encountered that happened to me. Um, And I think parents need to be more open with their children to help their children understand why sometimes their parents be like, no, don't do that. Or, you know, or there's so much caution because mm-hmm. a lot of times kids just be thinking my mama just mean and she just telling me no for no reason but yeah. there's definitely reason behind why they're saying no oh um, yeah and so I think that you know aside from parents being more open we need to be more open to listening yes so again thank you for coming on the show and you know telling telling us your story and just dropping these words of wisdom for us and you know you guys can follow me on social media at kicking with coco and then would you like to let people know where they can find you at on social media yes certainly uh you can find me on facebook women of excellence uh linkedin it's patricia shaw and then on instagram the soul ties coach okay (laughs) So follow her on social media. I would definitely say read the book. I'm going to read it for sure. Um, Just to help me along with the journey that I'm on right now. I don't know what everybody else's journey is, but 
I know what mine is and I definitely want to take steps to ensure that, you know, my journey is is what I want it to be. And of course, what God has has written for me. So until next time. Bye.